I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. My name is Will Stone. His name is Chase Caldwell. Uh, just the two of us uh, rocking it today. Um, first and foremost, uh, how about our very own Texas Rangers? Chase sporting the the Rangers fishing shirt. Which side is it on? There it is. It's on that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Been to like uh, six games this year. It's more than I've been to in the last like, you know, seven years, it feels like. I, yeah, I I have like I enjoy going to baseball games. I do not follow baseball, uh, admittedly, because 162 games. Like I I love soccer. Yeah. Soccer is one of my favorite sports. As soccer probably is my favorite sport because that's what I played growing up. And and uh, there there's no way you can follow all those games. And um, soccer is even worse because they they all play on different teams and sub in different players and all that kind of stuff. But baseball like way too many games you know yeah. like i'm good to follow college football and that's 12 games a year you know so um don't really follow it closely i wouldn't say but um somehow yeah this has just been a year where like the church has gone to a couple games i went with them and you know i went to a game with you and Brittany, and yeah um man betty went to a game and, and and uh or me and emily and betty and andy i guess i should say um you know like we we there's uh yeah there's been several times that i've gone to games and and they've always been fun um yeah it's been a been a fun year to follow the rangers um and i guess i went to a couple games last year too but uh this year yeah i think six or maybe seven i think i might have been to seven games this year yeah so looky there I, w- I went to one uh it may have been the last game like one of the last games of the season last year and then went to that one this year with you guys mm-hmm. um i'll say this like I'm, I'm i'm a rangers fan you know like grew up going to games and uh you know followed closely throughout you know the the late 2000s like those runs and uh things like that uh 2011 just in general as a sports fan, especially the fall of 2011, uh, probably hurt more than any, <laughs> any, uh, part of sports fandom ever. So like the, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm all Dallas teams. The Mavericks won the championship in, in June of 11, you know, the first championship I'd witnessed by one of my own teams. That was exciting. And then I get to AM and and I'm pumped up. We're ranked in the top 10 and we blow five second half leads we go six and six lose to texas in the last you know last time that game was played mm-hmm. uh fire our coach the cowboys do the same thing basically go eight and eight uh oh, or this is from my the there you go we played that's awesome and then you know the rangers had game six and that was just uh, uh soul crushing so sounds like um, it yeah and it's been it's it's been a lot of the same ever since. <laughs> uh, we obviously there's been some high moments, you know, in you know each of my uh, teams, and this is an A and M podcast, college podcast. So you know we've had some some moments, 
Yeah. Um, but like we, we talked about, we, we've talked about this for the past couple of weeks, but you know, it's that, it's that same feeling that we get this time every year. Like when it was someone, <laughs> yeah. when it was yeah. someone, we'd start out five and oh, you know, the one year six and oh, and then, you know, it would just all come crashing down. And, you know, between last year's, you know, disaster, th- this year hasn't been that, at least not yet. But, you know, it's, it, it all, it all feels the same. Like it, it's, it's starting to get, to get a little bit numb. It is. I was, in fact, whenever you brought up the Rangers, I was going to say, well, I can tell you this, they're not winning because of me going to these games because I haven't missed an Aggie game this year. Um, it's, um, it is, it's, it's exhausting, uh, as, as a fan and, and, you know, like, I think some of it is maybe more modern day college football. Uh, Cause you look into some of the, the, or if you like listen to people talk about like, Oh, well, we had this great team back in the, in the nineties or the eighties or whatever, like the, the teams that they really revel about, you go, go back and look and it'll be like, it'll be like number six, Texas. that's nine and three, you know? And you're like, how are they number six at nine and three, you know, but, yeah. but you look at those records from years ago and they, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't what we have now where you win, you lose two games and I mean, you're pretty much out of it. Maybe that's going to change a little bit next year. Maybe you'll, you'll, I mean, we've definitely seen a lot of parity this year in college football uh, and last year included. So maybe, maybe that 12 team format will, bring that back a bit, but, um, you know, outside of, of, of that. Yeah. It's, uh, a lot of the same and, um, it's aggravating, you know, cause you, you talk a big game, um, and really like, I, I think, I think this has been building at A&M for, for years where, almost every year with our, our great recruiting classes that we had under Sumlin, our great recruiting classes that we had, you know, under Jimbo so far. Um, every year we can say, well, based on the talent we have, we shouldn't lose this many games. And, um, well, I mean, we do. And then, <laughs> then we recruit better talent. And it's the same thing. And so it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't want to be too terribly doom and gloom. Um, Cause I'm not necessarily doom and gloom. It's just it sucks a lot of the, the fun out of the whole, whole thing. You know, whenever I, I would trade a, a, an undefeated season for a one in 11 season and a heartbeat. Oh, like, easily. like, like if I, if I, Let's say that let's say that you say okay, hey, we'll let you go undefeated one year, but then you're going to go three years in a row where you don't make a bowl game. I'd be like, perfect, sounds Bring great. Let's let's do it. That'd be <laughs> so much fun. Uh, and, and and I would still be rooting during the times that, that we were losing, you know. But um, it's it's the build up and then then the letdown that um, is is pretty annoying. You know, yeah. um, 
But I'll tell you this: we we did Tennessee right this time around. Um, when we it did. comes when it comes to future future um, away games, that's the way I'm doing it from now on. Because I, honestly, like when I think about the Tennessee game, I don't even think about the game. I think about all the other stuff that we did. It, it you know, for those listening, Will and I and a group of friends. We we kind of made it into a longer trip. We made it into a road trip, flew into Nashville, drove through Tennessee, blah, blah, blah. Went to Knoxville for the game. But it was like the, you know, even had we won that game, it would have been probably the low light of the trip. It wouldn't have been really the highlight, you know. So when it comes to future road games, <laughs> I'm definitely doing that. I'm not, not going to pull a Miami where I just fly in for the game lose and then fly home like that not gonna do that anymore <laughs> yeah yeah well and it, it, it was a great trip and you know it it reminded me like like there was a moment and uh, i wish i could just freeze that moment for like 12 hours and just live in it um when we were at you know the the like like at the tailgate scene mm-hmm. and um just like you know drinks were flowing and and people like like the the folks that we were we're tailgating with were just super nice and uh you know like our like our group was rolling like there's probably what like when you count mason and trey and then what like 12 of us 12 or so? 13, like 13 yeah, like that, yeah. Like, it's like like we're rolling pretty deep and like you know it, it feels like we're back in college you know? yeah <laughs> it no, feels it was like, fun. and uh like that like that part was was incredible um uh just getting to experience another uh, another SEC program and and their culture, how they do things, and 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 uh, and the way that which they do them. <laughs> yeah, the way in which we do things. <laughs> execute, 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 yeah. execute. Did you see that video this week, by the way? Oh my god, I I, I didn't click on it, but I've scrolled past it. Yeah, same here. Yeah, um, I like <laughs> I, I watched enough of it to just hear him say execute like three times. And yeah. props to whoever put that out there because who has time hilarious. to do that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they wrote an AI program. Yeah, maybe. yeah, it's got to be some kind of AI. <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was super cool. Uh, the like the, the the campus is dope. Um, the 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 the, the tailgating, uh, the sail gating. Uh, I've never like I've been to you know a, a number of tailgates, uh, and I've never seen so much like live music. Like every other tailgate had like a person playing guitar like a with band. a speaker yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know you made that comment while we were there and um i've never even thought about it i don't know if i've ever seen live music at a tailgate period and that i mean it was everywhere there yeah it, it was like got, the battle of the bands yeah you know like nashville is the the live music capital of the world Maybe that just spills over into, into Knoxville. <laughs> yeah. Like like all the guys trying to make it, if they can't make it there, they try to, you know, they try to get booked at a tailgate or something. Right. Um, no, I don't know. That that was uh, at the beautiful campus. The people there were incredibly nice. Um, you know, of of all the fans that we've interacted with, I think they're probably top of my list. Uh they treated us like Aggies would treat them. Um had so many people come up to me and probably 20 people asked me like, Hey, is everybody treating you nice? Is everything great? You know, all of that. Um, even had a guy like as we were walking away and we were losing, he kind of came up and talked to me for a second about like, man, what are y'all going to do about Jimbo? You know, like 
because uh, you could tell he was just a college football fan. He didn't really, he wasn't like rubbing it in, right? He was just talking to me, and and so um, as we were kind of going back and forth, he, I, I was like, hey, where's the? I was like, is this the right direction for me to be going to get back to Circle Park? And he was like, oh, you're headed to Circle Park, and I was like, yeah, and and he was like, um, he was like, I'll walk you there, and he walked me all the way there. And, and when we got there, like to where you could see it, he's like, okay, so just cross the street. It's right there. You see that statue? And I said, yeah. And he's like, just go right there. And then he turned around and went back the way that we had come. And we had gone, we had gone like across that bridge, you know, whenever we went back over that we walked to. Um, so like he went like a good ways out of his way to like show me where we were going. Uh, And I didn't realize, I just figured maybe he was walking there. Um, and, and so people were nice. I do not, I'm always going to stand on this soapbox. Don't ever boo players that get hurt. Oh, I hate that. Like Tennessee, y'all would be, I would probably just, just switch over to being a Tennessee fan after that weekend. If it wasn't for that, as soon as that happened, I'm like, God bless America. It was almost perfect. And Georgia was the same way. Georgia fans were super nice until they started booing whenever our players would go down. And that is the stupidest thing. If you think that the teams purposefully do that to slow down offenses, you're an idiot. That doesn't happen. And maybe it's happened once or twice in history, but I promise you it isn't the game plan of the defense. And, and where that really, I'm, I'm going to go on a little soapbox here. We'll sorry for the interruption, but where that comes from is, is people see the, the player, right. Get up and kind of go to run off the field. And then they'll see people on the sideline pointing down at the ground and then the player will go down. Okay. That doesn't mean that the player is faking the injury. Understand this. That means that their coach understands that they are hurt and the player doesn't realize that they're trying to run off the field. So if, if you're an injured player, you only have the or the game only pauses for you if you go down. So if you do not go down, especially if you are on defense. Now, if you're on offense and you sub out, then the defense you have the, the ref will go run and put his hand over the ball. And it forces it, the defense has to have the same amount of time to sub in if the the offense subs right. So if you're on defense, you don't have that luxury. So if you're running a player off the field and another player is running on the field, the offense can snap the ball. You have 12 players on the field. There's a flag. They get a free play, or maybe you only have 10 players on the field, and and now you know they get another free play because there's going to be somebody wide open. So understand when you see people pointing at the ground, that is, that doesn't mean that they're faking it. That means that they're on the same wavelength. They understand that guy is, has hurt his ankle. Maybe he's been battling that injury for three or four weeks and they know that he's hurt. So they're telling him, go down, go down, go down. And it's no different than all of these other things that players are taught about, you know, set your feet, if you're receiving the punt, let it go over your head. You know, those those kinds of different things that every team teaches it because it's just a matter of knowing the rules of football. So now that you've been educated, you can now know that 
next time that you see somebody doing like this on the sideline, that doesn't mean, hey, fake an injury for us so that we can get a free timeout. That means, hey, you're hurt. Don't be an idiot and go down. You're not going to get get time if you don't go down. So a little tidbit for you. Now, I'm not saying, I will say this, I'm not saying that people have not faked injuries in the past. Oh, yeah. Because it has happened. But I promise you, promise you, promise you, we had, what, three injuries in the game. I think a total of three injuries. Yeah, and they were all significant. And, yes. And, and they booed on the very first one. That's like, what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. If you're going to, like, if we had had ten injuries and you start booing, maybe. Maybe I could see that. If every injury was on defense or whatever, maybe I could see that. But when you boo on the very first injury of the game, you're an idiot. No other way to say it. Sorry. <laughs> you're just an idiot. Well, and and the other team that's exactly like that is Ole Miss. Um, and they're like almost the anti-Tennessee. Like they like their their fans suck from that aspect and they're just not nice in general. Like they're all, yeah. you know, kind of pricks. Um, at least in my experience. Yeah, mine too. Uh, but like you know, they have Lane Kiffin. They run, you know, very fast-paced on offense, as does Tennessee. And now their fans, you know, they've they've had those coaches for a couple of years. They're like, oh, our offense is so good. We're so fast. We we tire these defenses out. They have to fake injuries. Like, you're not that good. Like, we- well, Lane, Lane Kiffin also also milks that. Like yeah. he 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 will accuse that because I mean it's it's just like like you know, Fox news or CNN nowadays, like you can accuse it. And is Jimbo going to go put on a press conference and say, no, we weren't doing that. No, like nobody, <laughs> nobody's going to come out and like, like lower themselves to that level. So he can say that kind of stuff with impunity and he knows his, it'll, it'll get his fan base all fired up. And he's just a fan coach in that, that aspect where he likes to, he likes to go viral and, yeah. and likes to say stuff like that, that, that gets people riled up. Well, and, and now like, like all those, those Ole Miss fans and Tennessee fans, apparently um, they think every injury is just, you know, is because their offense is too good. And we have to, you know, stoop to faking an injury just to have a chance to slow them down. And like, if we had had 15 guys go down, then yeah, some of them probably were a little, a little exaggerated. We had three guys, and one of them was on crutches, and the other two might not even play this weekend. Two weeks after the fact, so yeah, uh, it, it it sickens me to to witness that type of uh, of behavior. Me too, because you know what? Like I, I am probably, I'm definitely the biggest college football fan and and follower that I know. Um, I love it. You know you and I both are. That's why we have a podcast. I mean, we love college football, but I've seen the insides of college football and all of those guys, especially D one sec caliber athletes, like they're, they're on the same way. They, they exist in a different universe than you and I do. They didn't go to Texas A&M because they love the history. They didn't go to Texas A&M because they love tradition. They didn't go to Tennessee because they love checkered Nayland. They didn't go to any of this. They're all, they are on their pathway to the NFL. That's, that's it. They, they treat themselves as professional athletes as it is. So they, they don't care 
about that. And and really and truly, like to to some degree, like when when people are like, oh, how did you go five and seven and then end up with a really high recruiting class? Because they the recruits don't care as much as you think they do about wins and losses. It's a matter of like when when they're in those recruiting meetings, they're not you think the coach is being like, hey man, if we can get you here, then we're gonna win the national championship next year. Can you believe that? You can win the national championship here. No, they're like, hey, here's our method on how we're gonna get you to the NFL. Here's, you know, they go to the parents and say, here's how we're gonna get your kid, bring them in, get them a degree with with a high level. You know, our goal is to get them to the NFL. And and why would we do all of this for them? Well, because we think if we brought them here, we can win a national championship with them. And it's something that I want to see happen. You know, that's that's more more recruiting. And sure, like when we're talking recruiting, we're talking 16-year-olds sometimes, right? Like yeah. they, they have that immaturity that you do have to kind of be like, hey, we're going to win a national championship. But once you get to that level, once you're in college football, they're – they're worried about getting to the next level. Yeah. They're not they're not worried about whether they win or lose this one game. I mean, yeah. they do care about the games, don't get me wrong. They do care about the games, but not to the point that we're going to go around faking injuries every time we play Tennessee. I mean, that's just stupid. Yeah. But um sorry, I went on on a big soapbox there, but you're good. Um yeah, it's my been biggest pet peeve. <laughs> it's it's been 2 weeks since the game and like I'll be straightforward. I, I don't have notes. Like I was, I was inside the stadium and, you know, remember for the most part what happened and mm-hmm. what, what really just bothers me the most is that we are just wasting these, uh, these great performances from the defense mm-hmm. and we're, we're asking them to play, or to accomplish an impossible task in yep. in the year 2023 with the way football is played today uh you're, you're not going to shut teams out on a routine basis you're not going to hold teams under you know 150 yards and just like you know wrecking crew defense complete domination it's 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 literally impossible unless you have the 49ers defense playing grosbeck high school you know it's just mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to happen um and our defense does a tremendous job and like, you know, they've with the exception of Miami, they've played pretty dang well in every game. They, mm-hmm. they stifled Bama's running game. You gave up a couple deep shots, but you know, that's the first time in probably forever that Bama couldn't run at all on us. Uh, Tennessee, you know, we held them in check most of the game. They had a punt return. Uh, that was the difference in the game, you know, seven points. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, those guys are so talented and, and they've, they've just played their asses off. Uh, you know, a, a guy like Edron Cooper, you know, like he's, he's going to be a top two or three round pick now. Like he, I, I would have yeah. said that two months ago, but he's played so well. And like, I'm like, man, like he's going to be gone. And like McKinley Jackson's going to be gone. And like, you know, we've got good guys and great players, but this is so hard to do. And we're actually doing that part. We can't do the easy part, which is offense. And mm-hmm. it's, it's incredibly frustrating. It is. Um, our offensive line has really worn me out the past couple of games. And, and, and I'm admittedly not just a huge, like, you know, way more about the offensive line than I do. I, I mean, but when I watch, 
when I watch our quarterback on his back every play. Now some of that's on on him. Um it's it's such a it's such a big distinction from where we were early in the year, especially you know main namely with Connor at quarterback when you know after the Miami game. I'm saying and our defense didn't do good, but we have so much talent there that I think, you know, that's not going to last, which that part was right. And I said, well, but what I learned from the Miami game was that we could score on anyone. And I I said, I felt the way I did in 2012, 2013 with, with Johnny teams where I'm like, ah, it's okay. Our offense got us. And I haven't felt like that in 10 years that like, Oh, well, our offense can, can get us back in this game. I, I haven't felt like that in 10 years until this year. And then, you know, when, when Max Johnson came on, I was a little bit nervous what that was going to look like. Had a great showing first first game. And I'm like, okay, our offense is still just as powerful. I mean, it, it, this, is, this is awesome. And then implosion. I mean, I, I'm not – I can't say anything different than that. It was just implosion where it's just like, uh, okay, well what happened to the offense that we've been seeing all, all year? And, you know, I think I talked about conspiracy theory after Alabama where I'm like, this is conspiracy theory esque, but it seems like Jimbo just like stepped back in, but I, something has got to be figured out at the offensive line. Hopefully they did some of that this bye week, but, yeah, Good um, Lord. I had to go back and find this uh, this tweet from uh, Carter Carls, who works for uh, the A and M twenty four seven site. Uh, so I I think it was either it was it was this past off season, and I was I was talking about about pressure rates, and you know the past two years, like in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, A and M's offensive line allowed a pressure rate you know in the forties, like forty. 45 percent both years um which if you look at just power five schools it was the worst in the country uh like the only teams that were worst overall were like uh south alabama and like the service academies because they never throw the football <laughs> and like yeah. every every pass play is is like gets pressured um so i'm like man 45 and you know this is this is awful like just get it to respectable you know get it into the 30s like just an average pressure rate allowed would be fine against Tennessee. It was 64%. Max Johnson has a guy in his face, two out of every three dropbacks. Like that's it's, it's, it's unacceptable. I mean, there's just, yeah, there's absolutely. no way or like, like no other team is doing this poorly at protecting its quarterback. It's, it's awful. Yeah. And that's, Maybe I shouldn't be this transparent on the podcast. I don't know. I mean, Do it's it. Podcast. <laughs> uh, but but um, my outlook is, Jimbo, you have one last chance, and that's that you better hire a good offensive line coach this offseason. Otherwise, you next year's likely to be your last year. I don't think that we fire Jimbo at the end of this year. I don't think we rehire uh, a new coach. Um, at least I still stand by Jimbo for, for that long. You know, we've kind of talked about that. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, but you know, I just, with Connor's 
sophomore, I mean, junior year and, you know, Evan and Noah's junior year and that kind of thing, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want a whole new install with a whole new offense and all that. Um, I, I would rather see, give them one more shot and then, then figure something out. Um, but we've replaced everybody else, you know, and, and we've replaced offensive line, but Adazio just doesn't seem to be doing it. I don't know. I mean, I, why I, why I hesitated to say that in the beginning is, is because you just never know how much of that's on the coach and how much of that's on the players, yeah. you know? And, and so, um, I don't know. It just, it, something's got to be fixed there. And, yeah. and part of that's recruiting. Like I, Jimbo talks a big game about how we've got to win the, win the, um, battle up front and that that's the most important thing in the SEC. And we can, really recruit on the defensive line or at least we used to could i mean i I don't know we'll see how that goes in the future but to this you know the last 10 years we've been recruiting good uh, on the defensive line um a lot of that goes to terry price though and and you know what's that going to look like in the future that's worrisome to me because this guy jimbo who talks about how important it is to win the battle up front doesn't ever recruit solid offensive Linemen, I don't feel like. I, well, I don't feel we, like we have. We, we talked about that, I think, in like our very first or maybe our second episode that we ever did. Mm. And we're like, hey, like, at that point, we were like, hey, something that Jimbo seems to be doing well is, you know, roster management. Um, now I would say that he's not doing that very well. Like when we have, yeah. like, if you go back and look at our recruiting classes, yeah, you know, we signed, you know, probably double digit defensive lineman that would rank in the top 100 nationally of all players. Mm-hmm. And I don't, there may be one off like maybe Cam Dewberry was top 100, but everyone else wasn't, you know, and like, like there's some good, I think maybe Chase Pasantis was, but he's a true freshman. Mm-hmm. And like, there's some good players in that bunch, but you know, Bryce Foster's another one. Like he was, I think he was definitely top 100, but you know, outside of Kenyon green, uh, who was a five-star, you know, uh, player coming out, mm-hmm. uh, they haven't developed anybody else. You know, like he, like uh, uh, Kenyon came in five star, started three years, was awesome, win the first round, and ever since then they've, you know, uh, a lot of the successful guys were holdovers from the Sumlin era. <laughs> you know, yeah. like Dan Moore and and Ryan McCollum and Jared Hawker uh, and Carson Green, and you know, like I don't know if it's if it's talent, if it's experience or maturity, um, like, like, yeah, you'd love to start, you know, five seniors on your O-line every year, but, you know, Georgia doesn't do that. Ohio State doesn't do that. Um, why do we have to have, you know, four seniors in a first-round pick to have a competent offensive line? Yeah. And that's that's a confusing thing to me, and and that's – you know, you're talking, you know, 2020 when we had seniors and on the offensive line, we were good. But I mean, all of them were three star recruits. Yeah, and, and and a lot of that's a lot of that went more into developing those players than than anything else. And those 
that coach isn't here anymore. You know, that offensive yeah. line coach is not here anymore. We let him go somewhere else. And so I, I just – I feel like some of this Jimbo era stuff is we – Jimbo started with a pretty salty staff and we'll lose a good one one by one and replace them with an okay one. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that – last year and this year and when you look at these guys like like Jimbo himself and Petrino and Adazio uh like like mainly those three guys really like like everyone else kind of too Mm -hmm. um this would have been an all-star coaching staff 10 years ago you know sure when those when those three guys I just named were all head coaches Jimbo won a championship you know a decade ago like if you told me then, hey, one day you're gonna have, you know, like Jimbo's the head coach at AM, you know, wouldn't have believed that. Oh, and his, his OC is Bobby Petrino, you know, freaking wizard from Arkansas that we could yeah. never beat. And then, oh, this, you know, this badass old line coach that coached a line for Urban Meyer at Florida, uh, and was the head coach at Boston College, he's gonna be your old line coach. Like, oh my God, we're gonna score a, a crap ton of points. We're gonna score on everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, that's uh, I I and I'm just not, you know, I don't think any of us are knowledgeable enough to know, you know, the the different scheme and like what they're being taught and things like that. But from a very high level, it just it just seems like offense has passed those guys by. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, maybe like with a guy like Connor at quarterback, you know, he can probably make any offense look acceptable. You know, he's a pretty special player. And we yeah. have some very special receivers, but when it comes down to it, when push comes to shove and, you know, we can't execute, well, we can't execute because whatever we're trying to teach our, our, our athletes, they're not comprehending it. So, uh, I don't know if we blame them or we blame the instructor who obviously is struggling to get his message across. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you're, if you're the coach, you're in charge of making sure that they execute. And quite frankly, if if we're blaming it simply on execution, then you're rejecting your own responsibility. I'm actually you getting know? more pissed off <laughs> as we go through this. Like like hearing like hearing you say that, I'm like, you know, if yeah, like go back to to like 2019. We played uh-huh. Alabama. We played Alabama at home. Jimbo's second year, you know, still trying to remake the roster. And Bama's got four first round picks at receiver and a first round quarterback. And pretty much all the offensive line went in the first round. And like we kept them at bay for like a little bit. And then they just burned us. Like I can't be upset about that. Like we don't have guys that can run with like nothing we can do about it. You know, right. we, we executed just fine. It's just, hey, that team has a higher caliber of player than we do. And that's no longer the case. We're, we're having as much talent as anybody else. And, you know, we're not losing games because they have better players or they're faster or they're stronger. It's just, you know, it's just, it's incompetence and, and just not knowing what to do on offense. And it is lack of execution but that's not on the players. It's on, you know, like you said, he's, he's failing yeah. his own, his own philosophy there. 
It is because I mean, if if you're saying, well, we we had a good plan, but we didn't execute. So we coached good; they didn't play good. And that's what I mean. That that's those are synonyms for those words, right? Like it, we had a good game plan, but we didn't execute. We coached great; players didn't play good. That's you know, I I'm not a big big. I'm not too terribly keen on that myself. And, and so I am harping on this, this team a lot. So let me bring it back and, and just say, um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things that at this level, you know, at, at this, where we are talent wise, where we are with our team and where we should be with our coaching staff, we shouldn't be in this position. We should have lo- we should have won the last two games. You know, we shouldn't have lost to Miami. We shouldn't have dropped that, and we shouldn't be sitting here staring down the barrel of seven and five. You know, if if I, you know, I think Mississippi State is a very winnable game, um, Abilene Christian's a pretty winnable game. You know, like it, it, I I I think we can win those games. And let's talk at this week's game. You know, South Carolina, they're not pushovers. Look at what they did against Georgia. They they fought. They played well against Georgia. This isn't just a, a pushover game. And, you know, I hope that we made some adjustments in, in the bye week. But I think what's most aggravating for me, because uh, you, you brought up 2011 whenever we, we blew those those halftime leads we've done that twice in the past two games and yep and and what you see it to me doesn't look like our players weren't executing i feel like they were were beating miami at halftime too we were i believe no i think miami did they go up there at the end i think they went up right at right as we went in half okay um, but, but, you know, we, but Miami, I mean, Miami, the first like 10 minutes of the game, I think we scored three times. Like it, it was like, boom, boom, boom. Like it looked like we were just going to absolutely decimate them and we didn't. Um, but I haven't seen lack of execution as much as I've seen lack of adjustments and then I see these other teams, the teams that we're playing against, make great adjustments at halftime. I think we're executing the plan. We're just not planning the way we ought to. And yeah. and that that's 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 where I'm hard on the coaching staff right now. And I, I mean, if you're the boss, if you if you own a company, right? If your employees do something wrong or, or mess something up, I mean, ultimately it's your responsibility. It's your fault. Even if it wasn't you directly that did it, it's still your fault. Same sense, if you're the coach and your players aren't executing, whose fault is that? It's yours. It's not theirs. And I, I would at least go give Jimbo the benefit of the doubt to say, like, he doesn't come across that he blames his players and not himself. Yeah. Um, but to me, some of that is rejecting responsibility and and giving it coach speak. You know, um, but Jimbo's getting to the end of his rope. Aggies have loved Jimbo. I mean, he he felt right. He fit perfect with our culture and everything whenever he came in. I mean, it just everything was was perfect. And 
I feel like the last two years he's kind of abused that, and and I I think we're we're starting to say, okay, what the heck, you yeah. know, you you've got to fix this. Um. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to 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 walk a thin line here because I don't want to come out and say we've we've got to we've got to fire everybody, you know, like oh me too, I, I, me I, too. I, I'm I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to to not delve into that because I you know there's 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 five games left and uh you know like like i always say these 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 players you know they absolutely like like they absolutely deserve our you know support and 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 uh you know that's the like the best part of being a fan is 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 being able to support these players that that play for your school um Mm -hmm. on the other hand when you you know try to look at the big picture and you know I, I I think you're I think we are staring at a seven and five uh, from unless Mississippi State just becomes a totally different team in the next few weeks. I feel like that's pretty winnable. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Abilene Christian and and this weekend against South Carolina. Yeah, um, I've, I feel pretty good about about winning those games. Uh, Spencer Rattler scares you a bit um, and they have a, a stud receiver who is questionable for our game. So he may not play, um, but they, they don't block very well. Uh, we should be able to uh, harass Rattler quite a bit, mm-hmm. but once again, in every game going forward, except for ACU, uh, no idea what to expect from the offense. And uh, you know, the defense played its butt off the last two games and it, it didn't matter. Uh, I think those two teams are better than, Mississippi State and South Carolina. And also, you know, I, I don't want to write off Ole Miss and LSU as just losses, but it's really hard not to right now. And I think, uh, and, and I've got no insider info into what's going on behind the scenes or right. know, uh, any any talks like that. We, we, we have nothing on that. But um, I don't know what 7-5 and five would do, to be quite honest. I don't know if that's, you know, if that's concrete, if that makes it concrete in one direction or the other, whether to keep Jimbo or to move on um, six and six, I think might, might be the, the end of it. If that were to happen. Uh, I agree. It, we'd, we'd have to lose this weekend though. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if, if it feels like every time we get on here, for the past three weeks, we're like, this game will define the season. Yeah, <laughs> and we've, yeah. Been, and we've been we've been right every time. <laughs> well, I just mean like it, this game will determine whether we're six and six or seven and five. Yeah, uh, is is my thought. I mean, I I think we can win. We could we could win out. I mean, we have the talent to, and that's what's aggravating is like we have the talent to. Why why isn't it isn't it happening now? To some degree, you know, if you I don't know. I have to. I have. I have to remind myself this sometimes. Um, and, and for those those listening, I'm I'm speaking more more to you because um, I have to try to remind myself of where I was and when. Um, thankfully, I have a podcast I could go back and listen to. Um, but if you're my honest prediction at the beginning of the year was nine and three, and I I kind of. I thought that we might beat Bama this year and that Tennessee would be 
Tennessee and then maybe LSU would be the the two games that we drop uh, within the SEC. And then I I've I've thought all along that we we're going to lose Miami this year. Um, that was kind of like I think it was Miami or maybe I said Ole Miss. Miami and Tennessee were the two that I really thought we're going to lose those two games, and then we're we're going to lose one more. Um, so you know if we if we win out which is doable. We have the talent to do it. Um, you look over the last two weeks, we could have won both of those games. We could have beat Miami. I mean, none of those games were games that, I mean, they're ones that we really beat ourselves. I feel like. And if we did do some adjustments during this bye week, maybe got some more guys healthy and we come out strong this week, we might could, you know, they remember November, as Jimbo says, maybe we can finally be ranked. And, you know, that, that remains to be seen. Um, it is hard to not look at the remainder of the season and say, we're going to go seven and five. That's my, my prediction looking at it right now. But then again, I stop and think, okay, well, I think we could, we can, I mean, look at Ole Miss and LSU's offensive line. We, we can really give them some trouble. And, and so I, I think, I think they're games that, that matchup wise, we might be able to to battle them pretty pretty well. But we got to figure out how to score. But yeah. the good thing about Ole Miss and LSU is they don't have a defense. At least yeah. Bama and Tennessee both had defenses. You know, they might not have been great defenses, but they weren't they weren't bad. They were good defenses. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so Ole Miss and LSU pretty bad defensively. Yeah, the, no, there's there's no doubt. And, um, you know, like, <clears throat> you've got to think, even with as stubborn as, as Jimbo is, like, with after what we saw in those last two games and having two weeks to, you know, prepare and practice and, you know, make an adjustment if, you, if he chose to do so. Maybe he just finally said, hey, you know, enough's enough. What we've been doing isn't working. We're going to try something else. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, if, if that is the case, we're going to find out on Saturday. Um, if it's not the case, we're also going to find that out on Saturday because yeah. that's kind of like they may change, like tweak a thing here or there. But at this point, I, I just uh, unfortunately, I just feel like like Jimbo is who he is. He's going to coach the way he coaches. And we've already seen the show. And, um, and, and, not, and not to say that I like I, I've, I'll say right now, I expect us to win on Saturday. I've, I've 100% do. Um, but if we don't, you know, we're going to have a, 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 a pre-show, a long pre-show meeting next week to decide what the heck we're going to talk about when we get on here. <laughs> Might not even do one. I mean, yeah. nobody's going to listen anyhow at that point. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's kind of, I mean, I think we win this weekend. You know, I, I think we have the talent that that we can out win out. I'm also beginning to think that maybe Jimbo is better suited in a conference that you don't play juggernauts every single week. And that, you know, we could play up to him. You know, if you watch how we play Bama, we can play up to him sometimes, but that's another reason why I think Jimbo, it might be good to, to keep him around is, is because, uh, 
next year hopefully won't be as hard of a of a schedule. You know, I don't know who all is our opponents next year, but we don't have Bama and we don't have Georgia. Yeah. And I don't and think we three, have Tennessee. And three of the tougher teams, Texas, LSU, Notre Dame, are all played at Cal Field, which is a positive. Yeah. Um, because but, we haven't figured out away games for some reason. No, absolutely not. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, uh, apologies for not recording uh, last week. Uh, sorry to keep you guys uh, keep you guys hanging. But, um, yeah, that's that's where we're at today on October 26th uh, in the year 2023 with uh, this program. So, um, hate to be, you know. Yeah, I, this I, is I, a very downer of an episode. I, I know, I know, we're I know we're sounding super negative. I feel like we're just being our like we're, like we're still just being ourselves. You know, like we're we didn't come on here and like hey let's let's trash the program. You know, <laughs> like we're just right. we're, we're we're speaking freely here. Yeah, let me say a couple of good things before we we sign off. I'm not going to end on that note um, because I I think we have very talented players. I think we have players that care about this program, believe in Jimbo. Um, we've got seniors that came back, you know, with Damani and, and Anias and, and they still have a lot to play for. And there's, there's still, um, a, a lot for this team to play for. And what I will say to Jimbo's credit is he has a way of getting teams to, to continue to, to battle it out and continue to play even whenever the, the season seems to go off the rails. Um, I don't feel like someone did a very good job at that. Uh, I felt like whenever we, it would go off the rails, it just was like, it went off the rails and, and it was unmitigated. Uh, I think Jimbo does a really good job of saying like, Hey, let's reel it back in. Let's focus. You know, the season's not over yet. We could still go nine and three and that's a decent season. You know what I mean? Um, And, and so, so I, I think, I mean, to Jimbo's credit, he's he's good at doing that. And you you brought up earlier, like how how what the pedigree of these coaches that we have on the staff are. Um, you know, maybe they could figure it out this two weeks. You know, and that's what you were just saying. If we'll figure that out. You know, on Saturday, how how are they going to come out? How are they going to look? And um, I, I think. I still have optimism in the program. I'm still not a believer that we should fire Jimbo. You know, there's some people that, that have given up completely and think that we need to hire, fire Jimbo. I'm right now kind of more so saying, okay, I don't think there's anybody out there that we're going to replace him with. that would just make a night and day difference because we have a very, very talented roster. And so, you know, I, I just, I don't think that's worth giving up on that roster because I, I think you lose guys if you, you hire a new coach, you know. Um, and so I, I don't think it's worth getting rid of that roster. Now, I might have a different tune if we end up going six and six or seven and five, and then all of a sudden some of our really good players transfer all of a sudden. Um, but I'm also understand not one that thinks that all of our good players are going to transfer because we lost three games. That, that just yeah. That's doesn't always it doesn't work that way. Sure, you have some guys transfer every year, um, but that's not how it works. Um, yeah. So, um, I'll give a positive note. Um, although I don't know the status of uh of of Cooper or or Nolan, um, 
but th- this defense is, has been lights out since Miami. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I would expect, you know, you know, they have back-to-back games of 15 tackles for loss and seven sacks. Uh, they could do that again this weekend because uh, I don't think the Gamecocks block very well. Uh, even if Nolan can't go, we have a plethora of great uh, defensive tackles and defensive linemen uh, who should be, you know, in, in Spencer Rattler's grill pretty much all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if they're if Xavier uh, Leggett does not play their stud receiver, then I really really like us to shut their offense down. Sure. Um, so uh, we'll see, and uh, we'll see what we do on offense if they can. You know, I, I I do think Tennessee's defense is pretty good. Obviously, Bama's defense is very good. Um, I don't really know what what South Carolina has on that side of the ball. Um, if they can get some kind of run game going and you know take some of the pressure off Max, uh, it, it would go a long way. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, it's, there's, you know, it's not like we went from being, oh, this team is awesome to, oh, they're, you know, they're the worst team in the country. Like it's still a very, uh, capable team in, in several aspects and sure. Uh, we'll, we'll see what adjustments they made. Yeah. We've been very critical this episode and I think probably a little bit more so than, than, um, than what is warranted. I think it just kind of we're following the rabbit trail of the conversation. Um, but, but I, I think, I think, you know, I'm still an Aggie still, you know, going to the game on Saturday, still, you know, excited for what the rest of this year will bring. So um, I, I'm, I haven't given up on this team. I haven't given up on this coaching staff either. I, I just uh, admittedly critical. I mean, when you have this level of talent, you're held to a higher standard, and and we've got to hold to that standard, and and I don't feel like we've done that yet, and and so that's that's kind of why that came out. But still supportive of this team, those players. I'll always be supportive of the players, you know, because no matter what, they want it more than me and you do, you know. Yeah. Um. And and so, uh, always be supportive of that not putting them down by saying this, but I am saying, okay, if we're going to keep talking about execution, what's the common denominator there, you know, and, and, um, we need to remember that. So, um, yeah, Will, um, any final comments? No, I don't think so. Um, uh, it kind of sucks that all of our games this year are going to be at 11 a.m., uh, yeah. but uh you know is what it is um uh with like admittedly with the rangers doing well i have and us not doing well uh have have taken a, a a couple steps back from you know being in like in the like in the weeds in the program you know in the day-to-day you know especially for you know in the middle of the season but uh you know, I've, I, you know like you said we're we're aggies we love this team uh I'm, I'm going to watch them play, you know, as much as I can. And uh, I'm excited to see them again. So uh, we'll be back uh, and, and break it all down. I can't wait. Hopefully we're bringing down a win. <laughs> hope so. Hope so. But uh, hopefully by the next time we talk, uh, the Rangers have a sizable, actually, I'm not, I'm going to shut the fuck up. Shut the heck up right now. <laughs> hopefully they have a, uh, you know, a good, good weekend. Uh, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>